Amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 32. I'm going to just talk to you a few minutes today and then you've got to make a decision. You didn't know it was decision day, did you? You know, every day of your life, every time you wake up, there's decisions to be made. Every Monday morning, you, get, you wake up, the alarm goes off, and you have to make a decision. Do I get up? Do I go to work? Or do I stay in bed? And all of us, the first decision, stay in bed. And then you lay there for a minute, and you go, but bills are due. And if I don't work, I don't get paid. And so then you make another decision. You know, Sunday morning I, I woke up and I was laying there and I said, you know, the alarm went off and I said, I'm not going to church. And Amy said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. I said, I'm not going. She said, I said, give me one good reason I should go to church. She said, you're the pastor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I guess I'll go. No. <laughs> Oh, we all, every day we have to make decisions, and sometimes we make the right decision, and sometimes we make the wrong decision. And your decisions determine your future. You see, your future is walked out one step at a time. People say, well, how did I get here? How did I get in this situation? How did I get in this predicament? How did I get one step at a time? One day at a time. One decision at a time. You're either going to propel yourself into your destiny, into greatness, into all that you need by one good decision at a time, or by one bad decision at a time, you're going to find yourself in a bad shape. No one ever gets up in the morning and goes, you know what, I think I'm going to just fall into addiction. You know, I think I'm just going to go commit a crime. I think I'm going to do that. No, no, no. Usually it's one bad decision at a time that leads a person, I mean, one step lower, a little bit lower, until ultimately they make a really bad decision that affects the rest of their life. But it's those little decisions we make. But today, it's not a little decision. Today's a big decision. And based on this decision, all of your other decisions... Uh, will just fall in line. So we're going to talk about the children of Israel. We've been talking on Wednesday nights, and I encourage you to come on Wednesday night. All the adults, uh, we've been having, we've been studying all the, the Old Testament and, and different stories. We're talking about King David right now. But the children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt for some 430 years. A man named Moses, during that time, was born... During that time, all the babies that were born were being killed. But his mother knew that he was a good child and called of God, and so she hid him. She built a little basket and put him in the river. And there the king's daughter came and found him, and Moses was raised in the king's palace, in a foreign country, a pagan land. But a child of God. As Moses began to grow and he began to begin to feel something because his mother nursed him and his mother taught him and his mother put within him the things of God because when the king's daughter drew him out of the water, 
And that's what Moses means, drawn out. He was drawn out of the water. His sister was watching, and she ran up to Pharaoh's daughter and said, Hey, would you like me to find a nursemaid to, to take care of him and keep him? And she said, Sure. Well, she went and got his mama. His mama was able. That's why mamas is so important. Those first years. Amen. What you implant in your children. What you instill in them. She prayed over him. Amen. She read the word. Amen. She put it. She told him every day, you're a child of God. You have a destiny. You have a plan. You have a future. You're made for more than the king's palace. You're made for more than a foreign land. You're made for more than pagan gods. Amen. But the true and living God has a call and a purpose and a plan for you. And that was in Moses' spirit. But he was educated there in the palace and he learned the ways of the Egyptians. And one day he is out and he sees two Egyptians, or I'm sorry, uh, 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 one of the Egyptians fighting with or beating one of the Israelites. And the anger rose up in him and he killed that Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Well then, a few days later, he saw two Israelites fighting. And he went and he said, hey, guys, let's not do that. And they said, hey, what are you, you going you to do? You're going to kill us like you did that Egyptian? And all of a sudden, he realized he, what he had done in secret wasn't in so much secret. And he knew that would get her. And sure enough, I mean, all of a sudden, he realized he better run for his life. And so he takes off and he leaves Egypt. He leaves the palace. He leaves all the, the riches and all that he had. And he takes off to the desert. And there, he's on the backside of the desert He's tending flocks. He gets married. But there's something inside of him. I haven't fulfilled my destiny. Maybe you're here today. And, and you, you, all that you're doing, all that you're working, in your relationships, I mean, you've made money, you've done this and that, but there's something inside of you. You're not happy. You're not satisfied. You're not fulfilled. You know that you are formed and created for a greater purpose than you are fulfilling. Moses is on the backside of the desert and he's tending the sheep and all of a sudden he sees a bush and the bush is on fire and it's burning but it's not being consumed. And Moses said, this is something unique and different and he begins to come near and a voice speaks and God says, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. And there Moses has an encounter with Almighty God. You see, an encounter with God will change your destiny. He was born in the right place, but raised in the wrong one. But he had greatness inside of him, but nobody had ever told him. And then he encountered a loving, merciful, powerful God. And God said, you're mine. You're created for a reason. And here's the reason. I've called you to go down to Egypt and to tell my or tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Everybody say, let them go. Well, Moses had a little problem. He stuttered a little bit. And Moses' self-image wasn't all that it needed to be. Moses began to make some excuses. How many has ever made an excuse why you can't do? What God has called you to do. Why you can't be who God's called you to be. Why you can't go where God's called you to go. Well, I would, but. I would do 
yeah, Lord, but I, I don't have time, and I don't have the education, and I don't have the ability, and I don't have enough money, and I was born in the wrong place at the wrong time, in the wrong body, and I, if, if I had this, and, I, and we all have all these excuses, and Moses said, Lord, I would, but... You see, Moses didn't need anybody else. God said, I'll go with you. I'll go before you. Amen. I'll do the work. All I need is somebody that's willing to say, here I am, use me. Well, Moses said, Lord, just send, send, send my, send, at least send my brother with me. I don't speak well. Send him, send Aaron and let him. And finally God said, okay, it's not my perfect will, but I'll do it. You know what? Sometimes God allows us to do things we want to do even though it's not best for us. Because we whine. We're whiners. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a whiner? <laughs> and we always come to God. And God says, okay, it's not my perfect will, but, you know, I'll, 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 let, I'll let your brother go with you. You know the story. We're going to skip far ahead. He go, Abraham, he goes. Uh, Moses goes. Moses let my people go. Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. Plague after plague after plague comes. And finally, the firstborn of all Egypt dies. And Pharaoh says, get out of here. Millions of people go out that day and they go to the Red Sea. Here they come. Amen, Moses, amen, praise of Red Sea parts. They all walk over on dry land. And all the Egyptians are destroyed and God wins a great victory. Miracle after miracle after miracle in the lives of God's people. God gives them manna from heaven when they're hungry. He gave them water out of the rock when they were thirsty. Amen. God was leading them to a place of promise. Amen. They knew. Amen. They had a short journey to go to the promised land. And now then they're on their way. But God says, Moses, I need you, I want you to come to the mountain and I'm going to give you a plan. How many knows God has a plan? God has a plan for your life. And he had a plan for Israel. And he had a plan for all the people. And Moses went to the mountain in the presence of God and they saw the fire and the smoke and I mean the glory of God came down and Mo Moses went up into the mountain and so Moses is up there and God is talking with Moses and giving him all the law and telling him how to do it and how to set up the temple and how to set up the priesthood and how to set up everything. And God is, I mean, they, he is working out a plan not just for them but for generations to come. But they're back at home and it's ordinary. It's life as usual. And how many of those life as usual gets boring real quick? So they're not in the presence of God. And that's not, their, that's not Moses' fault. It's not God's fault. It's their fault. Because God said, I want all the people to come to the mountain, and I want to speak to them. But when God spoke to them and the mountain shook, they all were afraid, and they turned and said, Moses, you go talk to God and come tell us what he said. So it was God. God wanted to talk to everybody. He wanted everybody to come into his presence. Everybody to feel that anointing and that glory and that power. And he wanted to speak to everybody's destiny. But they said, no, you go. See, there's your first mistake. That when you choose to send somebody else on your behalf, that's a bad mistake. 
You need to go yourself into the presence of God for you. You need to pray every day. You need to read your word every day. You need to ask God. You need to seek the Lord for your purpose and your plan and your will. You need to pray over your children and pray over your spouse. And Amen. Go to God on your behalf. Amen. It's not enough just on one day a week to come and hear what I say. You need to know what the Lord is saying for you every day. Because here's what happened. Week one. Week two. Things are a little humdrum. Things are a little boring. There's nobody here to lead us. Where are we going? Week three. We're coming up on about the 37th, 38th day. Moses was gone 40. And Verse number 1 of chapter 32 of Exodus says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves to Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as uh, for for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, We want not what is become of him. 38 days. And they said, well, we don't know what happened to that Moses, that guy that came and delivered us out of Egypt. We don't know what's happened to him, where he's gone. So Aaron, we want you to get up and make us some gods. They were ready to go back to the worship that they left. See, they grew up also in Egypt. There are many generations in Egypt. Many generations of watching the pagan worship. Many generations of seeing all of the idols and the gods and all of the things that the Egyptians did. And now God has brought them out of Egypt. He has killed all the... He's brought the plagues. He's brought them through the Red Sea. He's given manna. He's given water. Miracle, 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 miracle. And they said, we need a God. We want to go back to Egypt. We're just going to die out here. That Moses just ran off and left us. We don't know what's become of him. You know, it's amazing how folks just can't wait. Patience is not our strong suit, is it? (laughs) We get bored so quick and so easily. Nobody wants to endure anymore. I got to have something. I got to have it quick and fast. And I got to have some action. And things got to be happening. Because if it gets boring, I'm going to turn around and go back. Listen, God wanted them to go forward. But they said, we want to go back. Aaron, get up, make us a God. And so Aaron is kind of weak. And he's kind of, he, he's not the leader that he needs to be. And so he said, okay. He told everybody, take your earrings off. Amen, bring me some gold. The Bible says they brought it to him. He melted it. And the Bible says he shaped it. Now, this is important. He shaped it. He formed it. He created this golden calf. And then he planted it, placed an altar before it. And he said, tomorrow we're going to have a party. We're going to offer sacrifice. Sacrifice, and this will be your God. How quick can people turn? This whole time God is up there and God has got his finger and he's writing in stone, Thou shalt have no other gods 
before me. While God is writing out the commandments, they're at the bottom breaking every one of them. And God knew it. Don't ever think God don't know what's going on. God knew it. Moses didn't know it. Moses is in the presence of God. Moses is having an awesome time. Joshua is on a little ways waiting. I mean, he's in the presence of God. All is well. But they're back down at the bottom. And the day comes. They get up. They start celebrating. They start eating. They start drinking. They start, they're doing all. They said, all we know how to do is what we saw. We saw them worship their gods. We saw them offer idols. We saw them do all this. And we also saw them have all their orgies. And so, and all the pagan worship and all the things. I mean, there was just such debauchery and just uh, lewdness and, and all kind of fornication and lasciviousness. It was terrible. And so they said, you know what? That's what we saw. That's what we know. And so they did the same thing. And finally, God says, Moses, go back down. The people have corrupted themselves. They're offering themselves to idols. Moses, get back down there. And God said, you know what? I'm so angry. I just am going to kill them all. And start over. And I'll make a great nation out of you, Moses. And Moses, I mean, he was in the presence of God. He had such a gentle spirit. and He was such filled with love. He said, oh God, please, please don't do that. Please let me go down and let, 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 let me, you know, see the people. Let, let, us, let us repent and please have mercy on them. And finally, God said, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I, 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 won't, I won't kill them. And so Moses then, he goes down and Joshua says, I hear the sounds of, of singing and dancing. It's not the sounds of war. It's the sounds of, uh, it sounds like a, a party. And they round the corner, and my goodness, all of Israel is drunk, and they're naked, and they're having this wild, crazy party, and they're offering idols, and they're worshiping this golden calf. And now Moses gets angry, and he takes the commandments that God has just written, and he throws them down and breaks them. And he says, Aaron, what have you done? Why have you made this image, this golden calf? And Aaron says, I love this. Aaron says, the people made me do it. And and they gave me the gold. and, And I threw it in the fire. And out came a calf. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If he had any on, I don't know. Everybody else was naked. <laughs> Moses says, Aaron, what have you done? Why did you allow the people? And I mean, Aaron said, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I just threw it and it came out. And, I don't. and all of a sudden, the anger of God came upon Moses. And Moses stood in the gate. And he stood there and he made a declaration that day that I'm making today. Because we live in a world, amen, to where the world has turned from God. We live in a country where God is trying to be taken out of everything. Amen. They don't want God in the school. They don't want God in the courthouse. They don't want God anywhere. Amen. We want to get as far away from God we want to do what we want to do we don't want to obey the commands anymore amen we just want to do amen we want to have fun we want to do our own thing amen just like they did that day and Moses stood up and he made a declaration and he said who is 
on the Lord's side. You've got to make a choice in your generation. In every generation, people have had to make a decision, whose side am I going to be on? We say it all the time. I've even said it. The Lord's on my side. No, he's not. You don't have a side. Either you're on his side or you're not. He has a side and his side is righteousness and purity and holiness and godliness. And then there's the way of the world. Amen. There was God, Jehovah, and there was Egypt. Amen. There was pagan worship and idol worship. Or there was worship to the true and living God. And it didn't take them a month, amen, to turn away from the God who had done miracle after miracle and come and start worshiping a golden calf. It has not taken America very long, amen, to turn from in God we trust, amen, and praying, amen. It used to be when Congress couldn't make a decision, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. It wasn't many years ago. They were gridlocked, and they couldn't come to a decision. And every one of them left the White House, and they marched right down the street to a church, and they prayed, and they fasted, and they sought God, and they went back into chambers, and they made a decision. If somebody were to suggest that today, they'd be laughed out. I stood right in the White House and I was able to go and see and we stood right, we was able to go into a Congress and we went into the Capitol, I'm sorry, the Capitol building and we was able to go into the Chapel of Congress. I don't know how many of them go in there but they sure need to. There in that chapel is a stained glass of a horse and George Washington kneeling beside it. The story that Louis Gomer told was how that there was a family that was totally against what was going on and what he was fighting for was on the other side and they were there in the woods where George Washington came and they saw him get off of his horse and get down on his knees and begin to cry out to God for wisdom and knowledge and direction and understanding and help to do the right thing. And God moved on their heart and they realized, amen, we're on the wrong side. And they went and it was because of them. And hearing that prayer, amen, they went and, and just things begin to change that day. I'm telling you, listen, people still need to get on their knees and call on God. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you are, it doesn't matter where you are, amen, what we need to do. We are Christians, amen, we're children of God all over the world. Christians are being slaughtered and killed and persecuted for Christ's sake. And it's time in America that the church is going to have to stand up and answer the call, who is on the Lord's side? I'm not talking about a political side. I'm not talking about a side, amen, of of this or that. I'm talking about, amen, who is going to be on this side. It's time to become biblically correct. It's time that we love people unconditionally. But we hate sin. Jesus said we can hate sin and not hate the sinner. Jesus didn't hate one person. He loved them, every one. And that's why they got mad at him, because he'd go eat with sinners. And he would sit down with them. He would visit with them. But you know what? When he left them, they were changed. 
We don't need to be afraid to go into the world and love people. But we don't need to be afraid to stand up and say, I'm on the Lord's side. Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. The Bible says all the house of Levite, amen, they begin to come. And they all crossed that line. And they all come and stood with Moses. And there was only about 3,000 that day that was in such rebellion and such hatred. And such, they so wanted to go back. They didn't want to follow God. And they were killed that day. And then God went on to say, I mean, he told them later. And I don't exactly know what all happened or who many, how many failed. But God said, I also will plague the people because of their decision. Listen, your decisions don't only just affect you today, but they affect future generations. Amen. What we're doing today will affect our children. What we do today will affect our grandchildren. It's time people stand up and take a stand and say, I am on the Lord's side. Can I get an amen? You got to make a decision today. Whose side are you going to be on? We always want everybody on our side. I want them to be on my side. You know, you, you get to fussing with somebody, and everybody goes, and they, got, and they try to they get on Facebook, and they get on this, and they just want to tell their side, and they don't try to get people on their side. Listen, you just need to get off of your side and get on the Lord's side. Repent. Forgive those other people. You don't have a side. Get on God's side where there's love and mercy and forgiveness and humble yourself and start living right and acting right. Start standing for something, for holiness. Amen? Amen? I saw a little video. I want you to see. I want you to listen to this. A bunch of NFL players. Did y'all know the NFL players could sing? I don't know if they can sing so good, but Patty LaBelle rocks the house. So I want you to listen to Patty and the NFL singer. They were singing on Good Morning America. I want you to listen to what they say. You read, Luke? Listen to this. This was in the winter. It was eight degrees.
said get up if you're on the Lord's side. today as for me Joshua said as for me and my house we are going to serve the Lord I declare to you today make a decision mom and dad make a decision for your children grandparents make a decision for your grandkids as for us we're going to serve the Lord Tell those kids, listen, you may be acting up today, but I'm telling you, you're going to serve the Lord. One day. Because he said that he would give us our household. He would give us our children. It's not just for you, but your children and your children's children. And for many, it's called on the name of the Lord. So make a decision today for you and for your family. We are going to serve God in this generation. We're not going to back down. We're not going to turn around. We're not going to put our head down in shame. But we're going to stand up and say we are on the Lord's side. Hallelujah. Father, today I just want to say thank you for your house and for your people. And Father, I just want to say, Lord, forgive me. For times that sometimes we just get a little bored and we think things are not going our way. And Lord, sometimes we just turn back around and we start doing it our ways and doing our thing. And, but Lord, we want to honor you. We want to seek you. We want to come into your presence. And oh, Father, we want to know your ways and your laws. And Lord, we want to get into your word and we want to honor your commandments. They're not outdated. They're for today. We still can't kill and steal and lie and cheat and commit adultery and envy and jealousy. We, we, we got to honor your house and keep it holy. We still can't have any other gods before you. Forgive us for putting money, relationships, fame fortune all the things that the world holds high all the things that people honor today we want to come back and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added so today in our heart 
we have to make a decision whose side are we going to be on. If you're in this house today and you say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I am not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. I've been living for me, doing my own thing. I'm not in right relationship with God. I've never given my heart to Christ. Or I have, but I've not been living that relationship. But today, I want to come to His side. If that's you right where you're at in your heart, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on a cross for me. And you rose again. Today, I give my life to you. I give you my heart and my soul, my talents and my abilities. I give you all of me. I accept Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. I confess my sins and I ask Jesus to forgive me of all of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I'll serve you. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be who you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. Today, I choose the Lord's side. Father, I just thank you for each person that made that commitment in their heart today as the angels in heaven are rejoicing. I pray that they've sensed a shift in the change in their life and you begin to lead and guide and direct them. As their past is forgiven, they're on their way to heaven. Today, their destiny has been changed. Today I want you to make a physical, visible, public declaration. As Moses stood in the gate and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. I'm going to declare to you today, as these guys begin to play, if you choose to be on the Lord's side, if you are on the Lord's side, I just want you to publicly make your declaration in your heart for your family, for you, by stepping out of your pew, stepping across a threshold, amen, of that aisle, and coming and standing all around this altar. And let's just have one final prayer. And just pray that the Lord will help us, amen, to stand and make a difference in our generation.